Welcome to Stride, Organizing with Purpose, a podcast from Blue Future. My name is Morgan Starr, and I'm the co-executive director at Blue Future. Blue Future envisions a world where no matter our color or origin, our income or zip code, desire and determination are the only things getting in the way of young people's ability to push for a transformative and progressive agenda. We are on a mission to inspire, mobilize, and invest in young people across race and place to organize for a brighter tomorrow. The determined and passionate voices of young people deserve to be heard. This podcast called Stride, Organizing with Purpose, is giving young people a platform to spread their ideas and share their work. This is an opportunity for youth leaders to practice your public speaking and messaging, to build confidence in our ability to talk to press and the media, and to share our collective vision of the brightest future. Welcome back to the Stride Podcast, everyone. Today, we are very lucky to be on with Drew Skilton from Wake Forest University, one of Blue Futures organizers that got started in 2020 in the pandemic. And we've been organizing with Drew and his team of activists across the state of North Carolina and the North Carolina College Democrats and the Wake Forest Dems for almost a full two years now. So we're excited for the conversation today. And Drew, welcome to the show. If you want to start by just introducing yourself and how you first got involved in politics. That would be great. Absolutely. Well, well, thank you so much, Nick and Morgan, for having me. I got started way back in 2018, which feels like forever ago now, at least in the organizing uh, world. I worked on a local race in Maryland and kind of just fell in love with organizing with my community members. And then when I moved to North Carolina for college at the, you know, the start of 2019, got involved in some local groups in the college Dems at state and local levels. And from there, it's just been endless cycles of organizing and getting students registered to vote and getting them out to vote. So it's been really great working on a few campaigns and a few organizations, and especially getting to work with everyone over at Blue Future. When we all went home for the pandemic, there was definitely a lot of great organizing we did to mobilize for Joe Biden's victory and all the victories we're going to have coming up in 2022. That's great. Thanks, Drew, for sharing a bit a bit about your background. We'd love to bring it back even more and talk to us a little bit about how you got started. What was that first moment where you were like, yeah, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to spend my time doing, how I want to get involved. Absolutely. You know, I always bring back my start of organizing to my AP Gov class back in 10th grade of, of uh, high school. It was kind of my first time really being in a classroom talking about politics and government and being engaged. And my teacher always used the term, don't stay home and wash the cat, be active, be involved in what it really meant to be a voice in your community. And that stuck with me. I credit that teacher for being the reason I am where I am today, for who I am, really my inspiration for getting involved. And also one of my biggest supporters in terms of my continued involvement, seeing him follow me along uh, the journey brings it back to really pushing home the ideal that we all need to be involved. Every voice makes a difference. And if you stay home, then you can't really complain. You need to go out, you need to vote, you need to be active. If you want to make a difference, you need to help organize because that's the way to make the difference. And we salute our educators and our teachers that give us that confidence along the way and help us believe in our own ability to make a difference, which is such a core value and what we try to teach and train folks on at Blue Future is that you can be active. And if you believe that you can be, then how do you show up in the world, right? How do you treat people? How do you respond when things happen in the world that are really frustrating if you believe that you can do something about it? And too many of us, unfortunately, don't have a sense of our own agency. And, and we, as organizers, have a real responsibility to share that message. And 
I know, Drew, you've been able to do that a lot um, in your communities from high school and, and beyond. But maybe a, a, a little more specifically, what are some of the ways that people might start thinking about being active and being involved in politics? Where does someone start if they have that sensation they know they want to do something, but they don't know where to go? What advice would you have for someone? Absolutely. Well, I think the first and most important is if you're over the age of 16 and most states are, at least when you turn 18, registering to vote and keeping an updated voter record and voting in every election is a key start that plays a big difference. But reaching out to local organizations, finding them through Facebook, on Instagram, Twitter, and now TikTok, we've really seen the expansion of for reaching voters and community members. And just starting at square one, helping knock on doors, talk to voters on the phone, send text messages. There's every single aspect you can think of for campaigns and community organizations where, you know, if knocking on doors isn't your thing or you're not ready to phone bank for hours on end, most organizations do postcard writing or just need help organizing, but really going in there and explaining how you want to help, reaching out. And I've never met an organization that shies away from any kind of volunteer or any kind of involvement. So really just, it's about reaching out and making the first step of really being active. You know, I remember back in 2018, I reached out to the local campaign to ask them about education policy. That was something that was really big to me because I was a public high school student and I was a junior at the time. Uh, and I just really wanted to learn more about what that candidate's plan was for the educational budget. And they invited me in to speak to the candidate in their office. And I just really grew attached to helping bring that education policy to life. And I knew the way to do that was to help get him elected so just got involved in the campaign and said, I'm, you know, I want to help, but I don't know where to start. I and mean, there are friendly faces at every organization and every campaign that will accept you with open arms, train you, mentor you, encourage you and cheer you on as you make a difference. They always say, even if you have an hour, that's a couple dozen phone calls. That's uh, maybe a few hundred texts or uh, a couple postcards that can make a difference in local races and even national races. So even if it's the slightest and you're nervous, I'm here to say there's no reason to be. Just reach out, say you want to get involved, and you'll be welcomed into the community with open arms. I couldn't agree more. I think that's the best thing about campaigns is that you could just walk into the office or send that email, make that Instagram DM message, and just let them know what you want to do. And I, I really do encourage that because, like you said, they can use your help, no matter what skills you bring to the table. And in talking a little bit about skills, I know there are different skills on campaigns and different skills that make great organizers. You've done a variety of different roles on campaigns. I know that you've done communications, field, campaign management. Can you talk a little bit about those roles, how they differed, and, and really the skills that you got out of them? Absolutely. And it's amazing kind of just thinking back to you know, I guess it was just four years ago, I was I think, a fellow or an intern, I, I forget what exactly the role was, but started out at kind of just the entry organizing level and stayed there and you really grow your skills from being a volunteer to being an intern when you'll step up and you'll take on responsibilities beyond just phone banking and talking to voters, you'll help organize events and do research and help the candidate and consult with them about what needs to get done. Kind of working with the core team of the campaign manager and in some races, the field director. And then you can slowly start making your way up the chain. Once you learn more skills, there's endless opportunities, as you said. I've worked as a deputy field director where it's just about pulling lists and looking at the data and organizing interns. It's always crazy to think they're always like, oh, you know, 
I'm out here knocking on doors and you're like, yeah, I was in your shoes a few months ago when I was on another campaign. I know what it feels like. Everyone at the top has started at the organizer entry level. And then you you work your way up to campaign manager where you're on the phone with the candidate a lot. You're working directly with them, different members, kind of a kitchen cabinet to help make decisions, but also obviously working around the clock to raise money and to create messaging and really establish a campaign. Campaigns get started with people like the campaign manager who help get it off the ground before all the volunteers get there. And really the coolest thing is seeing a campaign start and finish it as someone who's working directly to you know, get the campaign there. So endless opportunities. Obviously, as you go up, it's more responsibility and more time. But it's really great just to see how it transpires from being an intern to being a campaign manager. It's a scary jump. It's a scary transition. All these decisions that I'm like, oh, you know, that's someone who is above me making that decision now having the responsibility of helping make that decision. It's a really cool thing. It's a nervous thing because you're you know that your input could impact the election, but really you become the voice of the campaign, working directly with the candidate. Even if it's a small race, you're still making a really big difference at that campaign manager or field director level. Mm, yeah. And I mean, I can resonate and imagine the amplified pressure that we feel when we are now in a place of decision-making that we almost maybe never even thought we would get to. I feel that way all the time in my role, and I suspect Morgan may agree. And yet, we have to overcome that pressure, right? We have to deal with it, we have to manage it, and we have to move forward to make decisions. And one of the things that we are starting to learn more and more about as an organization as we continue to train young organizers around the country is just the importance of core leadership skills and leadership as something that we embody. That's something, again, we see ourselves. If we see ourselves as a leader, then how, how are we going to show up? How are we going to treat people? What are the questions we're going to ask? What are the actions we're going to take? So what does leadership mean to you? And how has your leadership grown through Blue Future, through your campaign experience, through your college experience? What do you think? Absolutely. Leaders are often people you look up to. It's really great having that mentor. I know I mentioned it to both of you, but I'm always appreciative of the guidance both of you gave me, even though it was just two years ago, it really helped crafted the person I am in terms of organizing today. But when it comes to leadership, I think it's a lot more, or not only about you and leading your way, but also helping mentor younger people and grow their leadership skills. Now that you're at that leader level, it's a responsibility to help the people who are slowly coming up and are looking for that voice and that guidance and leadership is about training them and helping them get through it because you were just there and it can be a interesting place to be at and you're still navigating a lot. But especially when it comes to campaigns, looking up to the people you work with or work for who have more experience or maybe you have the same amount of experience, there's a lot to learn. Um, there's a lot of leaders within the organizations. You know, I learned a lot from not just people who were leading the cohort at Blue Future and other campaigns, but from people who were at the same level or also organizing or also interns, um, because everyone is a, is a leader in, in some way, shape or form, and they're helping you guide your answers and guide your, your direction. I think it's a really cool thing to be when, when you're in that leadership position, you know, looking back and seeing the people that you helped or the people you managed grow and prosper and, and flourish as leaders and really kind of see where they're at now, knowing that at one point you were helping them get there. Totally. 
yeah, that really does make a lot of sense. And it's great that on campaigns, you have those opportunities for instant mentorships and through programs like Blue Future. And what I love about this work is our community keeps getting bigger and bigger. And as we go on to different campaigns, or there's new elections, you find that some of the friends that you had on one campaign now are on the new campaign or the other campaign and you could all really reunite and continue to share those best practices and learn things by working in different states and with different people. So that's really great as well. But Drew, it is so wonderful talking to you. We are going to jump to a break right now, just a quick break, and then we'll be right back. Thanks so much, Drew. Hi everyone, it's Alexia again with Blue Future. On today's message moment, I wanted to talk a little bit about the importance of drawing fair, unbiased districts. The United States Supreme Court has decided that it will hear the case Moore versus Harper. This case is important because it will have implications for unbiased districting and gerrymandering. This case will determine if state courts can decide that districts drawn by legislatures are fair or unfair. We should all care about this issue because unfair districting, also known as gerrymandering, can have drastic consequences for election outcomes. Drawing districts in biased ways can give certain political parties an advantage to win elections. Specifically in states such as North Carolina, Louisiana, Texas, Illinois, and Alabama, Republican legislators have attempted to draw districts that will give Republicans an electoral advantage in elections. They do this by packing, which is when they group together many members of a certain party in one district, and cracking, which is when they split up members of one party into so many different districts that they never get the majority of the vote. Unfair redistricting has drastic consequences for the future of our democracy. They can change the people representing us in office and can prevent the true choices of the American people from becoming a reality. When the Supreme Court hears Moore versus Harper, the issue of redistricting will hang in the balance once again. Blue Future challenges you to stay informed about this issue and take action to promote fairness and electoral policy. To learn more and find ways to get involved, visit www.aclu.org slash issues slash voting dash rights slash gerrymandering. That is aclu.org slash issues slash voting dash rights slash gerrymandering. And don't forget to vote this November for candidates that won't stand for unfair districting laws. Your actions do matter and can make a difference. Welcome back, everyone. Today we are on with a Blue Future alumni, Drew Skilton, who we've been working with for the last two years or so in various capacities. So Drew, you've grown a lot over the last several years since you first got involved in politics and you're doing some really cool stuff right now. We'd love to hear what your experience has been in recent past few months and some of the things you've learned and any advice you have for other young folks who are hoping to dedicate more of their time, especially in 2022, to the upcoming election. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Crazy to think, but actually this cycle for 2021 slash 2022, it's a weird stipulation with redistricting and what it's done to campaigns and, and it's just another reason why our industry is so unpredictable. But I'm actually now managing a city council race in North Carolina. So I've now come almost full circle, as they say, in terms of the campaign roles. I started as an intern on another campaign and now I'm managing. And it's a really great experience to be the person helping call the shots and decide what is best for the campaign and craft the messages that go out in mailers and work with mail firms and work to establish targets. And while it is sometimes can be really scary, 
it can also be really rewarding, especially when you're looking for that first win and ability to pull that off. And that is all of the reward and satisfaction you need is, is winning at the end of the day. But yeah, so I'm managing balancing that in college it is a tricky thing. Sometimes being a full-time student is just that a full-time student. You can't forget. I have class. I have credit hours. I need to make sure I, I really well in as well as remembering as part of, part of a college student is relaxing and having friends and engaging with those friends. And, you know, the engagement can sometimes shift towards, hey, friends, you know, it's a great Saturday, beautiful weather out. No, we're not going out. We're going to go canvas over downtown. So let's let's go. It's it's an exciting time. I promise you it's fun. Maybe not as fun as a beer garden, but it's fun. And I'll give you a campaign button. And that's not something you can get at the beer garden. But really trying to balance both out <laughs> is challenging, finding the divide. And I think that's why you don't see a lot of really young campaign managers. I know very few college students across the nation who are campaign managers at the same time as taking credit hours. You know, a lot of us will work campaigns in the summer as staff and, and just volunteer during the school year because, again, the balancing act. But, you know, it, it's not a science per se, but but finding... What works, it has been challenging, but I think I've gotten there. And as we enter the home stretch of both this semester and the campaign, both are heating up. So hopefully the next month it's, it sticks true that it's possible to do both. But along that, my thing to every single young person, and I know it sounds weird because I guess I'm also young, although I feel very old some mornings, is keep going, but never say no. Don't take on like five campaigns at once and, and be a, a college student because you're going to fall apart. But don't shy away from leadership opportunities and campaign jobs. Just have open communication with staff and candidates about what you can do and what you can't do and, and making it work because we need a lot of young people in this field because I think the youth bring a really great perspective to the table when it comes to how campaigns need to be run. How to reach young voters is essential. That was a big play in the 2020 elections. I know it's going to be a big play in the 2022 elections. So having young campaign managers and young staff is really a pivotal thing, I think. And it's just finding the balance, striking it and doing the best you can and getting that win. Absolutely. It's all it's all about finding that balance and, and making sure you're managing your time and your energy, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. But before we do so, I want to hear a bit more about your future. What are some of your dreams when you graduate? Would you like to continue working on campaigns still kind of up in the air? Um, what are you thinking about? Absolutely. You know, that's a, that's a question I get asked a lot, especially around the, around the dinner table. But it's certainly when I think about it, it's, I love what I do. But I think burnout is a really big thing for a lot of us. And it's about not, do I want to do it? It's can I do it and living the road life and hopping from campaign to campaign. And, you know, I think maybe being campaigns for a bit after I graduate is definitely in the realm of possibilities. But Looking at other ways you can you can help, such as grassroots organizations where you can stay in one place for a few years and really help organize, or maybe hop into a, a consulting firm or help one of the countless organizations working to mobilize people year after year instead of a cycle position. So I think eventually I would love to end up in fundraising consulting or digital consulting. I'm keeping an open mind. A lot of people say, do you want to run for office? And that's the biggest one I, I get. And I think the answer to that is we'll, we'll see how life goes. I'm not ruling it out, but I definitely love helping on the organizing side. And obviously consulting is a big thing in our industry. And, and a lot of people will jump to that once the burnout hits a lot on the campaign side. But I think it's just going to be go with the flow, obviously go where offers are. But you know, I'm not ruling anything out, but certainly I wouldn't shy away from a nice consulting gig in New York. 
and we can manifest any which opportunity we are looking for and again if we believe in ourselves if we show up in the world believing in ourselves and what we're able to contribute to uh, the broader movement for social justice and the progressive political movement i think we can find those roles that do fuel us balance our our values and allow us to make an impact in the world so and of course we're at blue future here to support you as you start thinking about your next steps drew you mentioned burnout and that's something that comes up often on the podcast and certainly all the time in the work we do, especially when folks are coming off of their first full-time campaign role or really starting to get more in the in the thick of it. Can you talk a little bit about the antidote to burnout? Recharging, relaxation, taking care of yourself. How do you have, what do you do when you need a break? Could you share a little bit more into your hobbies and, and what life looks like for you outside of the busy campaign world? Definitely. Burnout is real. The amount of conversations I have on IPL burnout is coming and shine and preventing it. Because if you burn out and you're tired and you can't get your way out of it, the campaign is going to become a struggle. I think the biggest way I work to counter burnout is remembering at the end of the day, there's only so much you can do. You are one singular person, takes a team to organize and just kind of doing your best, but also remembering to take time for yourself watching Netflix. I have all the subscriptions, although I barely use half of them from Disney Plus, HBO, you know, all the ones, you know, just finding a TV show that you love to recharge on. Doing things like cooking, baking, cooking pasta, or, or you know, baking a pizza is always fun, or so I hear. But just finding time to re recharge and finding the activities that you like. If it's reading a book, if it's going on long walks, if it's you know, traveling, if it's, you know, doing any of those things, just finding your go-to and just taking some time away, if it's a night or if it's a day or two, or if it's, you know, taking some personal time between campaigns or, or between massive parts of the campaign, it's really important to recharge. Um, but, I, you know, burnout is a huge factor. I know so many people burn out and, and ultimately end up leaving campaign side of things or leave political and, and organizing consulting totally because the burnout is just a really big side effect of our job. We're not nine to fivers. We don't wake up, go to the office and are back home from dinner. It's phone can go off at any time and you have to go deal with something. It's the, the campaign is in 10 days or the elections in 10 days. I got to keep calling voters. Uh, we got to hit targets or it's I'm spending my Friday and Saturday night postcard writing, which is really great and, and helpful for organizing. But not neglecting friendships and not after every campaign you do the very famous of unghosting people who you've ghosted for weeks who texted you about hanging out and you're like well you know i can't but really making sure you're making time for yourself and your family and your friends is a really key part of refreshing if you feel burnout coming it's push through what what you're doing and then take a little break step away from things turn off your phone is a big part of it for me you know kind of just having boundaries in terms of when you're going to work and when you're going to, for me, do school, but when, when you're going to relax and have fun. Obviously, as I say, hydrate or dehydrate. Always important to drink water and eat and, and not remember to, to treat yourself well and, and be kind to yourself. Absolutely. Setting boundaries is so, so key. We were, Nick and I were actually just talking about that. It's, it's really important that you are able to set those boundaries and get in the habit of doing so. And 
Totally agree. Hydrate or dehydrate. I like that. There's a lady in Washington, D.C. who stands outside the monuments and says, don't let dehydration ruin your vacation. And I think just that could go with life. Don't let dehydration ruin your your life. Always drink water and, and try to stay as healthy in mind and body as you can. So that's great to hear. Andrew, as we're getting closer here to the end, would love to hear a bit more about what the future looks like for you in terms of what do you see for the world? And one question here that's a staple on the Blue Future podcast is what would the world look like for everyone to be truly free? That is such a a great question. And I think part of the motivation for a lot of us is, is working to create a country where we all feel free and we're all truly free. I think we've made some great strides. I think there's a lot of times we'll do two step forward and one step back if it's things like preventing voter rights or saying what can be taught and what can't be taught. You know, we're looking at things popping out of Florida, Texas, all across the country that are really preventing true freedom in terms of education and rights and access to things like healthcare and abortions where we're trying and a lot of us are working to counter those. And we have a lot of really great progressive leaders that are trying their best. But obviously, you know, there's an opposite side to everything we work on. I think it would be a really great achievement if we get to that point, And I really hope we do. My vision is everyone has access to, to the voting boxes as much as they have access to healthcare, as much as they have access to yeah, pretty much anything that we're working towards. And it's really disheartening seeing a lot of these bills come up and pass and get signed and put into law because we can stand outside the governor's mansion, we could protest, and that's a really big part of it. But at the end of the day, when they pass, they they go into effect and they counter everything we've been doing. That's part of what tears us down, but also what ignites us to keep fighting. A big one for me is voting rights, because I think that's how we start by making everything free. Being a free is having a core foundation of solid voting rights for everyone, because if they can't vote or they have challenges to vote or there are mail-in challenges or purging of voter rolls where we're preventing people from voting, they're not going to be able to get to the ballot box to vote on change when it comes to other things where healthcare is on the line, equal access to different you know, things like abortion are on the line and the control over what is taught in our schools is also on the line. And if you can't vote or, or you're prevented from voting rather we're not able to make that change. So I, th- I think we're a long ways away. I think we made some great progress. But really, I would love to see a country where no politician is saying to anyone how they can control their body or what they can do for their health care, what they can do in terms of what they do or they say or things like that. So I think it's a really great vision and goal to always be working towards. And I think we're a long ways away, but we're making great progress every single day. And I think that's a big motivation uh, behind why I wake up and get to work every morning. It's because we have a goal and we have a task at hand and we would all love to really see that come to fruition and it'd be really beautiful. So I hope one day we get there, but we have a lot of work and that's why we need people to help organize because that's how we're going to get there. Absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing that vision of such a bright future with us and with everyone listening. And before we go, we are adding a new key question to ask everybody on the stride podcast we are called the stride podcast organizing with purpose and as such we want to develop a better understanding of what organizing really is and so inspired in part by one of my favorite podcasts the dare to lead podcast with Brene brown that we are 
are nowhere near the gracefulness of that podcast and the impact that that podcast has had for so many people. But we learn from the best and we learn from leaders all around us. And so a final question for you that is inspired by that podcast is in a few sentences, briefly, can you tell us what organizing means to you? Well, that's definitely a difficult one. I think organizing is working to help create change for things that you believe in, for change you want to see, and most importantly, for things that you think are right. You know, it's about putting time and effort into achieving a goal or, or seeing something come to life that you truly believe in. You know, you're not just organizing because someone said so, you're organizing because you really believe in the mission. And there are countless ways to organize. If it's picking up a phone and calling voters, if it's writing to members of Congress, if it's organizing youth councils, if it's organizing town halls where you're going to go tell your elected officials what you want to see, there are countless ways to organize to achieve the things that you want to see. Um, so, you know, I think that that wraps up perfectly with we need everyone to help organizing in the way they see fit for the things they would like to see, because collectively, that's how change and progress is going to be made in this country and around the world. That's for sure. Thank you so much, Drew, for all of your insights today and sharing with us a bit more about your experiences and and your leadership. We are so grateful that you've been able to work with Blue Future and that you're continuing to do this great work, making change and making improvements in people's lives, doing the good work of organizing, because that is how we get to that freer, better, bluer future. So thank you so much for joining us today. Before we go, is there anything else that you wanted to add in? Any shout outs you want to give or anything like that? Just say to everyone out there, keep working hard. It's it's making a difference. You might not see it on your side, but certainly at different levels, you you see the impact. Every single organizer, volunteer, intern, or just one-off person who knocks on 15 doors is making in the fight we're putting up. And I really appreciate all the work Blue Future is doing. They're making an impact from things like the Pizza Fund, which helped organize my chapter to make over 2,200 calls in one night, which was a lot on something that's not an auto dialer. It's helping. They're doing great work. Find that organization, get involved, and we're going to help win in 2022 and beyond. And it's going to be because of the work we've done and uh, will continue to do. Thanks so much, Drew. And thanks everyone for listening. Music for today's podcast was provided by Eli Silverman Lloyd. Thank you so much for listening today. This is the Stride Podcast with Blue Future. If you're a young person looking to get involved in politics and organizing, you've come to the right place. Check out our website at at ourbluefuture.us or our social media at Blue Future Now on all platforms to find out how you can make a change in your communities today. Special thanks to our producer, Alexia Klein. You can reach out to her with any questions at alexia at ourbluefuture.us. We'll see you next time. Thank you.